This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536. Stone Temple Pilots on Rock 102. Today's the big day. It's the start of the Big E. And I know it's big because 22 News has like three reporters out there live this morning. There's hardly anything going on over there right now. There's uh, nearly nothing going on right now. But uh, nevertheless, they've got them all over there. And uh, today's the big day. And in fact, we'll be talking to uh, Gene Cassidy from the Big E around uh, 7 o'clock this morning. He's the president. Yeah, about all the many changes and uh, things they've had to do just to have it. He's the biggest guy at the Big E. He is the Big E. Well, I'm sure he just probably wouldn't want to put it quite that way. Well, but he's modest. Yes, but uh, you know, we'll pump him up. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk to uh, West Springfield City Councilor Sean Powers about the things that the city wants to impose upon the Big E. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up again. I forget. I know. I was the one who said, see if we can get him on the show. And now I don't remember what he did. Well, I want to post the mask update, the mandate and stuff like that. And uh, this thing and that thing. You yeah. Know? Hey, well, uh, I'm sure I'll find out. And there's some other things, too. Some other stuff coming up uh, this morning as well. It's 537 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Save yourself 30% on the stick. It's 549 Queen at Rock 102. Oh, and uh, by the way, today... Yeah, it's going to be, let's see, I I know I had it uh, written here somewhere, cloudy with a slight chance of a shower today and a high of only 73, virtually the same for tomorrow, but at least warmer with a high of 82. It's uh, 65 now in downtown Springfield. Hey, what do you say? We hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve and Nagel. Apparently, fans want Lizzo and Chris Evans to star in the remake of The Bodyguard. Oh my God, so do I. Do you really? Yeah. Really? Do you, do you even know who Lizzo is? <laughs> um, no. She, and uh, I've never seen The Bodyguard, so. You never saw The Bodyguard? Never never did, no. Kevin Costner. Oh, I know. Whitney, Whitney Houston. Houston. Sure, sure. That other guy. Mm-hmm. Lizzo uh, does her hair toss. She touches her nails. Mm-hmm. And then she feels good as hell. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still not ringing a bell. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I, I don't see this. I do not see no? uh, Lizzo playing the Whitney Houston uh, part. I, 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 I totally do. Are you sure that's the part she would play? And it's not like a role reversal kind of thing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it could be. <laughs> yeah, that could be interesting. But she, didn't she just say yesterday she didn't get the, her video music award because she was too busy being on her back uh, uh, having sex during the VMAs? I don't keep up you, with Lizzo you, news. You said uh, her back was getting blown out. I yeah, thought that was some, yeah. some sort of procedure I thought that was. Yeah, her back was getting blown out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have my front blown out. Uh, the new Clint Eastwood movie, Cry Macho, is in theaters and on HBO Max this weekend. It's up against Gerard Butler hitman movie called Cop Shop. Ooh, Cop Shop. Mm. Is that like a bus bus shop? Bus stop? You know, Clint Eastwood is 91 years old. Yeah. Makes you think. Makes you think, what the hell are you doing? Stop. Well, rest. No. Enjoy what you got left. If you have nothing left. 
what do you mean nothing left? I mean, the guy's got more money than he knows what to do with than he can probably spend. Yeah, but some people are just driven by the fact that they can create things. And I know. They, they yeah. should stop driving. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think money is the issue for him. I just think he likes to stay busy. Well, give us all a rest. Uh, Myambialic. That's the, uh, the fluid. Myambialic fluid. No, that's, that's ambiotic fluid. fluid. Uh, anyway, her, her and Ken Jennings will split Jeopardy hosting duties for the rest of the year. There's no word if either of them will be named permanent host after that, but it seems likely. What happened to LeVar Burton? I was really rooting for too him. Too nervous. He no. was too jumpy. Yeah, I he, think that was a that was a public fan thing. I don't think anybody on Jeopardy actually ever considered him a front runner. I think it's just for some reason people really liked him. Well, yeah, because he was, uh, what was his character on Star Trek? Uh, was that uh, Chucky, David, I think uh, it was. David. Right, but he was also the Reading Rainbow guy. Everybody knows him as the Reading Rainbow guy. He, he was also the young Kunta Kinte in Roots. That, that's the, mm. there you that go. That was the big one right oh, there. Like, you see how different generations have dated yourself? Yeah, you, you remember Reading Rainbow, but right. I remember Roots. You know, the, the funny thing is, I mean, obviously, Ambionic has been... Uh, in, in my ambiolic has been in Hollywood and television for a long time. Probably has a an agent, I'm sure. Guy like Ken Jennings, you, you know, you wonder. So, what kind of contract do you think he's trying to negotiate? Or are they just simply saying to him, "Listen, dude, all right, you never would have had this job if it wasn't for that idiot Mike Richards doing that idiotic thing he did at work." So you're gonna you're gonna we're giving you forty thousand dollars a year. He uh, he was offered the job before. But didn't get it mm. because he didn't answer in the form of a question. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in how much money will I make? Well, that's uh, what they usually do. And, and I, what the first thing that came to mind was that re the Red Sox to be the announcer for the field. Remember they had a contest? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, right. But, you know, when uh, when the when the other guy passed away. Carl, Carl Beam. Beam. Carl yeah. Beam. And then they, they held those it, those auditions. The pay was only like $25,000 a year. Yeah. Well, was, I heard... It, it was nothing. I heard the guy who announces the Thunderbird games inside the uh, inside the Mass Mutual Center gets paid in beer. I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> well, you know who that's going to be this season, right? <laughs> Why do you think I brought it up? I don't know. Just um, saying is all. Yeah. So, so, but their argument is, no, no, no. You get this job, and then you can go out and collect money yourself yeah. by holding autograph sessions yep. or things like that. Plus well, you're also paying you nothing. Plus you're also getting the value of free tickets to every home game. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, you have to be the real baseball. If you're talking about you do it, you have to do it for the love of uh, broadcasting and baseball because otherwise neither uh, of which I have and the love of travel. You shouldn't be doing it for money. Mm -mm. No, as as the uh, PA announcer, you stay home. You're not traveling. No, no, I mean just going from here to Boston. Oh, well, yeah. yes, but, I mean, I don't think you'd go to every home game if you were still living here. Uh, a new book. Not a pain in the ass that would be. Oh, it's huge. A new book about Grey's Anatomy says that Patrick Dempsey was basically terrorizing people on the set in the run-up to his firing. Apparently, he was no longer enjoying himself, but he stayed because they were throwing money at him. Dr. McHotty Pants was a pain in the ass? Uh, I think it was uh, Mc... McFeely? No. McDreamy. Oh, yeah, Dr. Yeah. McDreamy. Yeah. He uh, he looks like he could be kind of a jerk. Doesn't every really good-looking guy have the potential to be a really big jerk? If not, in fact, already are one. 
What was the movie that he was? I really liked the movie he was in back in the eighties, where he was the pizza delivery guy and he was delivering extra anchovies. Yes. To and when you said extra anchovies, that means you wanted him to be the gigolo for the night. That's what it was. Yeah, I don't hmm. remember the name of that movie, but I, I I remember it. Was it called No Anchovies, Please? I think it was called Pizza Boy. No, wow. I, I don't think it was it. either one of those. <laughs> no. Uh, Elton John will be getting hip surgery after sustaining a bad fall this past summer. He still uh, he will still perform at the Global Citizen Live event on September 25th, but had to po- postpone his European tour dates to 2023. Wait, when did he fall? How, how? Where? What were the circumstances? I have no idea. Uh, there's no details. Well, they're not going to tell you. Yeah. We're only going to tell. You. They're like the West Springfield Police Department. Yeah, right. the, uh, we're only going to tell you a little bit of stuff. I just didn't know if someone let their son go down on him. All right, you know what? That's that's not right. Zing! <laughs> it's like a ricocheting bullet in here, huh? Are you a Billie Eilish fan? Uh, no. If so, did you know Billie thinks of you as her skin? Really? Yeah. I like to think of my fans as being part of me and just yeah. being on me, and they always have my back. Is she aware of John O'Brien's skin? Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't think, think she's going to feel that way when she shows up at the Big E next week. <laughs> she's kind of a weird person. Yeah, a little bit. And that, I already got those $66 tickets to see her at the Big E. 66 That's what they're charging. That's ridiculous. It's also Billy Idol. I was waiting for one of you two to jump in and the, correct me. That's $61 more Billy Idol than anybody needs. Yeah, no, John, true. you must be thinking of Billy Idol. Nope. You're wrong. And that is your Hollywood Trash and Rock 102. Oh, yeah. The McDonald's breakfast is too... And now... Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, I'm not a gambler. I'm far too attached to my paycheck to watch it all evaporate into thin air playing games of chance. I'd much rather have it sit in a bank where it earns pennies on the dollar in interest. So while some of you degenerate compulsive types are chomping at the bit to take your wagering out of the hands of hard-working, mob-connected sports bookies and placing that money into the hands of corporately controlled casinos, I will lightly step aside and get out of your way. There's also the matter of professional athletes getting involved in the action as well, and that's when things start to get sticky. Yesterday, San Jose Sharks left winger Evander Kane told ESPN he expects to be cleared of the allegations made by his estranged wife that he not only lost a fortune betting on NHL hockey games, but that he placed bets on the San Jose Sharks and that he threw games to help affect his winnings over a 12-year span. According to Kane, quote, obviously the accusations are incredibly false. He then went on to say that he expects to be fully exonerated once the NHL is done with their investigation into these allegedly baseless allegations. However... Vander Kane does admit that he has a significant gambling problem. He does admit losing more than $1.5 million last year. And he also admits being forced to file Chapter 7 bankruptcy. You might also recall that in 2019, he was accused of failing to pay a $500,000 marker from the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. That case was eventually dropped, but when a guy says, obviously the accusations are false, sometimes it's really not so obvious that they are. In fact, I would say it's obvious that Evander Kane is an idiot with his money and that a guy with a seven-year, $49 million contract probably shouldn't have to file for bankruptcy one year into his deal. That is unless Mrs. Kane is sick of his crap and is telling the truth because 
Betting your own team is perhaps the fastest way to lose your $49 million contract. Just ask Pete Rose how that sort of thing can work out for a fella. It ain't good, and it ain't entirely obvious that she's lying about any of this. But hey, if you want to gamble your life away by believing that you all you need is just to win one more time, then good luck with all of that. But hey, it's a my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Maybe you have a natural instinct to paint colors, or maybe you should talk to Lindsay at the Ludlow Rockies because Lindsay definitely has an eye for paint colors. She's talented, loves helping people out. Good people, rock solid service like you find with Lindsay in Ludlow at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 and ZZ Top on Rock 102. Maybe a couple of showers here and there uh, today and tomorrow. Today's high 73. Tomorrow going up to 82. But it is, uh, well, according to my computer, it's 85 right now. Uh, <clears throat> we have uh, Gene Cassidy from yeah. the Big E. Today is uh, opening day. Uh, Steve is going to be there from 11 to 1 on the Avenue Estates at the VA. Uh, it's always an exciting day when it opens. Oh, Huge. Huge. Enormous. Yeah. Um, you know, in your view from the couch, you were talking about uh, betting. There was a interesting article yesterday in the uh, in New York Times I was reading about how hard for so long uh, the NFL fought against the idea and concept of gambling. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. And now, even though, as usual, Massachusetts will drag their ass and probably be the last ones to the table— <clears throat> excuse me, with a sports betting uh, bill. Opening weekend of the NFL, celebrities like Ben Affleck, Martin Lawrence, Jamie Foxx headline commercials during broadcast, pitching things for WinBet, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM. Over the next 10 years, uh, a chief strategy and growth officer for the NFL says there will be a billion dollars made for the league and the teams on sports betting, on football betting. Without a doubt. They processed 58.2 million transactions last weekend. That was more than double the same weekend last year. They believe this will be on size, <coughs> excuse me, at the same size, rather, as the commercial casino industry, which is $40 billion annual. Forty billion dollars a year you know, it's, is what casinos make. It's interesting. I was on, um, <clears throat> I think it was on YouTube, and you know how like you start a video and it, it gives you like a commercial before the video starts. Yep. There was one for Draft. I think it was DraftKings, mm -hmm. and uh, the the ad itself said specifically, if you live in a sports gambling state, and then they went into yep. the, the pitch of uh, of the service. It was yep. like that's kind of. An interesting way of putting it. Like, uh, some of you can enjoy this, well, but many of you can't. And DraftKings spent uh, 80, 98%. DraftKings advertising went up 98% from a year ago. Uh, FanDuel span, spending uh, doubled. And and what in, in reference to what you just said, there is uh, geofencing. Um, if, you're, if you were driving, let's say... Uh, you're going to cross the George Washington Bridge. When you're on the New York side, you won't be able to place one of these bets. I don't know at what point you cross the bridge and then are legally considered to be in New Jersey or if you have to be completely over the other side. 
then you can place the bet. Well, you shouldn't be placing a bet while you're on the bridge. Well, even, you could even be a passenger traffic, in the even car. Even traffic. You could be. You could be a. Pa- you don't have to be the driver. Um, the now this is kind of interesting that the NFL pays attention to this too. So the average amount of action in the course of a three-hour NFL broadcast is about 11 minutes. That's really about all that they play of football. The uh, the league, unless you were watching the Green Bay game, and it was much less than that. Oh yeah, uh, the league's internal research showed that among its fans, 21 and older, about 20 percent are frequent sports betters, mostly young and male. But another 20%, mostly women over 55, are active rejectors. They they don't want to see anything to do with gambling. So the NFL, in an effort to try to keep both of those demographics happy, has decided to limit sports betting ads to one per quarter, along with uh, one in the pregame and a halftime spot, which means six in all. For the broadcast, pre-game, half-game, and game time. It's it's amazing that the technology allows you to to do that. You know, to to really target specific demographics. Mm-hmm. But it happens, and 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 you know that's why when people say, you know, I think my phone is listening to my conversations. Well, your phone is certainly tracking where you go and what you do and what you're searching for, and so it's very easy to track. You know what kind of ads would be most appealing to you? That's yeah. that's how marketing companies operate these days. And um, you know, I mean, since shortly after they opened, MGM has had a banner on the south side of the parking garage for the Boston Red Sox, um, and they've had uh, ads on the Green Monster at Fenway. Also, I believe since the year they opened. Um, this week, or or last week, maybe, uh, on the front of the parking garage facing I-91, they have put up another banner that says, you know, the official casino or whatever, however they phrase it, of the New England Patriots. So they put that up, too. And, of course, you know, the teams or the stadiums have had uh, uh, betting advertising all over for a couple of years now. So, you know, obviously they've... They've warmed up to the whole idea, especially when they realized they could be a $40 billion business. I think, though, the story I did in the, in the view from the couch was specifically about, you know, this one player mm-hmm. and uh, in the NHL, the San Jose Sharks. I think there's a fear, and I don't know how you know, sports leagues are going to handle this, but I think they're going to have to be very vigilant about this. With so much money being funneled into professional sports and college sports for that matter, there's going to be a temptation and maybe an influence for certain coaches and athletes to modify how they play in order to satisfy, uh, you know, the gambling, the betting outcomes, you know, and, and you say, well, that, no, that's not going to happen except it does happen. And, you know, here's a case in San Jose where a guy is alleged to have, influenced his own play over a 12-year span to aid his own gambling issue. You know, with the influence of all this stuff, and you're talk- and when you're talking about, you know, the billions of dollars you're talking about, you know, that speaks volumes to some people, and that's what they, what they do. You know, you wonder, okay, how much 
will sports be compromised by all of these different things you're talking about, whether it's just the wagering or the money with uh, with advertising and, and specific targeted geofenced marketing? You wonder, okay, is will sports actually look the same as we head further into this? Well, I mean, other than golf or tennis or uh I just had a third one in my head, and I just lost it. Uh, sports where individuals perform by themselves against other individuals, I can see that. But in team sports, and, and look, I realize if uh, if uh, somebody got their hooks into Tom Brady and uh, got him to you know all of a sudden become corrupt and and run by some sports betting thing, he could influence the results of a game. But for the most part. When you're talking about any of the major team games, baseball, hockey, basketball, football, is it really likely that one player, first of all, that the most important player on the team will be infiltrated by gamblers? It doesn't even have to be the most important player on the team. Well, I how mean, many it, others do you think can have that kind of an effect on the uh, on the outcome? Well, I mean, a guy could, you know, not hustle. He could not. Uh, he could uh, throw, lay it in baseball. He could, you know, you know, not make a play at a base. He might, uh, the, you know, the throw might be off. There's lots of different w- ways in which you can influence a game. Remember years ago, in uh, in basketball, uh, I think it was college basketball specifically. There's a huge point shaving scandal where players weren't necessarily putting 100 percent because the line on the game was uh, was at risk. And how because many of, because of the players of had been uh, approached by whomever? Well, uh, depending on the situation, maybe need as, as few as one or two. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, if if the influence isn't just going to be on the same guy week after week, but on a number of guys on a very schedule of weeks, then yeah, I mean, they could easily, you know, change the outcome of a game by how hard they play. Boxing. Or what kind of mistakes they make? Boxing was the third thing yeah. I was thinking about. But you know, and, and, you hear stories about guys taking a dive all the time. Yeah, yeah. And golf, absolutely, and tennis, sure. But you know, tennis is is the same is the same thing. How hard is a guy? Because you're not gambling just on wins and losses. You're gambling on point spreads mm-hmm. or you know other prop bets too. And so you you say, well, okay, how much could I influence a game, or how could I? How much would it take for me to have somebody influence a game with their play? What could I do to change the outcome? I think it's very much like the situation with marijuana. At some point, some people begin to realize, boy, you know what? This this rule that we have against this thing, we're kind of losing. People are still betting, and and we're not making any money on this. So states finally— Finally said, you know what, let's end this ridiculous drug war and let's start taxing the marijuana and we'll make a lot of money on it. And the NFL, I think, is finally saying, look, uh, all these states have now passed the, the law. The Supreme Court has allowed all these other states <clears throat> to do what New Jersey has been doing for so long. So let's make some money on this instead of continuing to piss away money trying to fight it. Well, they, but they also have the Supreme Court decision that allows it to happen, saying it's you know, it's it's not constitutional to continue the ban mm-hmm. of sports gambling. Yeah, I just mentioned that. But what? But it, it's like at some point they just finally say, you know, w- we could be making money on this if we just joined 
the gang. Yeah, and that's why so many like you know individual teams and individual leagues are aligning themselves specifically with contracts of certain casinos like uh, mm-hmm. you know Caesars has got contracts with a bunch of teams. Yep. Yeah, and and there's a couple others that. And there's uh, a team playing in thing. Vegas now. Yeah, well, I, I, again, you know, a lot of people are very worried about what the influence on sports will be, and I don't know how any of these leagues, with the money that's on the table, are going to be able to police themselves, or whether they, you know, have the gumption to do it correctly, mm. because they kind of need to if they're, they're going to do this run the right way. But I mean, in the in the old days, would it not have been just as easy for some organized crime guy to get a hold of a college basketball player and either blackmail him or or you know do it's something? Happened. It's happened. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So I so just like you really don't have organized crime running casinos anymore, now you have multi billion dollar companies. Could it not be the same thing for sports betting? Of I mean, I would think that the illegal gam the the illegal bookies are kind of getting pushed out of the business. Let me tell you something. The mob is getting jacked on this yeah, damn thing. that's what I mean. I, I, I've never felt so sorry for the mob as I do right now. They might have to go out of business. Well, I mean, they still got vending machines. Oh, they got, I know. As long as, as long as there's a vending machine at the end of a, of a, of a pharmacy, I think they're going to be in good shape. But layoffs and furloughs and PPP loans. <laughs> Poor, poor mobsters. It's 624. We're back. It's just about 627. We're back. It's O'Brien and Rock 102. That interview that we promised you with uh, Joel Holkster from the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, that's going to go up on BaxnoBrian.com. Instead, we've uh, unfortunately uh, run out of time, so I had to bump it. So What? I had all these questions to ask. Yeah, I know, but it just it, it, it's, it's not going to work out. we got too many other things God. on uh, today's menu, so uh, that's where you'll find it. That's okay. See, you can... You can uh, You'll be fine. No, nah, I don't know about that. No, nah, you, you'll you'll get through it. So they just said in that commercial, uh, hour and a half away from the gates opening up. And like uh, 30, 40 minutes away from talking to Gene Cassidy. I wonder how many people, um, I would love to find out who the, who drove the furthest to to visit the Big E. Not an <sighs> exhibition, not a, you know, per, not people that uh, are staying there or. Uh, displaying anything, but a, but, but a uh, fair goer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who drove the furthest? Well, I think it's probably somebody from Maine. I mean, you know, if you're gonna, oh, are you kidding me? You're gonna come here from say like Colorado for the Big E? I wouldn't be surprised. Please, I wouldn't be surprised. There are people out there, uh, uh, fairheads, fairheads. There they, you go. They, they yeah. go all over the country to all different fairs. Colorado is probably right up there. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rome Hyundai. Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. David and John are teeing off on a very long par five, right? This is a golf joke. It is a golf joke. And a uh, very long par five. David decides he's going to reach the green in two. So uh, he takes such a hard swing of his drive, he almost falls over. The ball skims out over the course, like five feet off the ground, hits a tree, and bounces into the fairway about 150 yards out. Mm, mm, And, uh, mm. And David says, hey, nice condom shot. 
And uh, and John goes, uh, what's a condom shot? And Dave goes, well, safe, but doesn't feel good. <laughs> See, because a condom will actually be safe for pregnancies and STIs, but it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> Booyah! Three with Max and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gail Toyota. Brought uh, Crazy J at the Buy Center at uh, Gail Toyota. They still want your car. Give them a call today. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. And today is the day we have all been waiting for. Biggie is back, baby! Yep. Woot! Walmart without a roof is open for business. I think that's uh, overstating. Uh, the biggie quite a lot. Do you think overstating? Well, I mean, least, there are roofs in some yeah. cases. Yeah, and but and at least Walmart has deep savings. Yeah. Uh, okay, the convertible Walmart. Yeah, right. You right. can take the roof some, up or yeah, put it down. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> New England's great state fair, the Big E, opens this morning for the first time since 2019. During the next 17 days, the fair will attract uh, all kinds of people. You got that right. From across the Northeast, uh, we're going to keep you updated on all the great things going on at the fair. Hey, how about that unicorn cow? Is he back or is he COVID restricted? Not sure. What about the bears? It's a good question. The Steve. live bears? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but you got to wear your mask if you want to go into that little uh, that little hut. And I believe people are driving from much more than just all over New England. Yeah, I believe uh, somebody uh, trekked all the way here from Alaska. Get out of here. I don't know about that. Well, you never know. Hey, uh, well, I heard uh, they were having some, uh, they had some great uh, cheeseburger with a with a donut bun. Yeah, and they I, don't have that out here in Fairbanks. That's right. So I better get on my car. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't even know if they've got a Krispy Kreme location in Alaska. Yeah, you, know. you know, that is an. it was an interesting question that you posed, John, about how far somebody has come mm-hmm. to, to be a visitor. Yeah. Obviously, the vendor, they go all over the country. Right, right. But the... Uh, the, the patrons. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, you know, what's the, what's the longest... Anyone plans to stay? Because I got to believe that anyone who drives uh, and let's say has to make an overnight stop is going to stay here for at least a few days, you know, oh, yeah. and, and visit the fair every day. And actually, they don't have multi-day passes, do they? I believe they do. I believe you can buy that. That's what that's what my next point was going to be. Yeah. There are people out there that are so into this mm-hmm. that they will buy. It's like it's like an eighteen day pass really? to, to go to this thing. Wow, wild because it's a seventeen day fair. It is an 18, they must seventeen to, days. They must Whatever. get to go to media night. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, either way, uh, there's people who are so into this, and you said fairheads. Mm-hmm. You're not that far off. There's a lot of people out there that really get into stuff like this. I know. I know of what I speak, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we've been we've been there a few times. We uh, we know a thing or two about this place. I I, just, yeah. Uh, I bet there's all kind. Of, and I don't know if they're fair heads or e heads. Uh, you know, for this particular fair, but yeah, you know, they probably drive all over to great state fairs at all kinds of great states. I couldn't think of a place that. Uh, rather least be than a place filled with animal dung and uh, corn dogs. Oh, yeah. Steve, what's the, wrong with you? This is a guy who's living in Huntington mm-hmm. on a, on farmland. Right, right. 
Yeah, but there's not a lot of people. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody out true. there. Yeah, that's the If you go to the Big E, you're getting, uh, you're getting elbow to elbow. But good luck finding a corn dog out in Russell. Hey, here's Huntington. something. Oh, here's something. I'm sure there's a lot of them out there in the world. I'm looking at the at Mass Live and they talk. They got the list of all the uh, the food. I didn't realize that uh, the worst house in Student Prince got an 18 inch bratwurst. Damn! Wow, that's uh, that's like three bratwurst at once. They're bragging a little bit, but uh, I suppose. What about the shrinkage after cooking? Well, I, so it shrinks to like 16 inches. Am I going to sit there and argue with those guys? No. Well, it was it was 18 inches when it went on the grill. It's maybe 16 inches. And my guess is, do you have like three buns, or is it one very large bun? And if it's an actual 18 inches, that sounds like the best house. <coughs> yes, not that, the worst house. That's right. Yes, I'm going to that uh, the tots a lot. That does look pretty good too. It's, is that where they put children? It's all tater tots. Oh, oh, oh! And I it's it was all like a different kinds no. of ways. They had uh, they had uh, like buffalo ones, buffalo tots. And the chicken tot pie, chicken Ooh. tot pie, yeah. where, where the the tots are like the the uh, like the potato crust. They have signs like to say, "Show me your tots." Yeah, yeah, there you <laughs> go. They should have shirts like N- that. Nice tots. Yeah, nice tots. <laughs> Show us your tots. <laughs> With tots like these, who needs an ass? <laughs> right. I sure hope that's right. Not next to Joe's clam box. That's uh, yeah. that would be, oh, that would be yeah. terrible. Yeah. 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 But 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 the idea that the the tots have the because uh, the, they had the, the one time I went there they had like a almost like a um, what's the shepherd's pie kind of thing? Yeah, where like the tots and then the beef and then all that stuff. Well, the chicken the chicken tot pie I think is the same. Type of thing, Same but thing. with the with the chicken pot pie ingredients. Yeah, and you're a big chicken pot pie fan. I am, and does, I also like good. tots. Then we should go to the tots a lot. Maybe. Well, but we're not going. Uh, police are investigating a serious motor vehicle crash on Boston Road in Springfield early this morning. Details about the crash were not immediately available, but just before one a.m., a 22 News crew saw. You ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, we saw two vehicles really damaged with debris all over the roadway. It's crazy. Debris and whatever. Yeah. Vehicles? You saw two vehicles? Yeah. yeah. Two vehicles. There were cars. <laughs> really saw smashed up. It was crazy. Yeah. I it was read. right near price rate in an auto shop. Uh. <laughs> it's unclear how many people were in both vehicles when the crash occurred or if anyone was seriously injured. No road closures were announced at the time. Uh, Springfield police detectives arrested a man and seized a loaded firearm with rocks of crack cocaine located in a fanny pack. I know. Whoa. Yeah, I can I can overlook the uh, the crack and the uh, unlicensed gun, but a fanny pack, dude? Oh. Come on, oh gosh. Do you got change from your mom for the payphone too? You know, his mugshot makes him look all tough, but he's still walking into prison uh-huh. after having a fanny pack on himself. I don't know what you guys have against the fanny pack. I love the fanny pack. It's an outdated method of uh, satchel. It's coming John, back the, again, baby. John, the very reason that you said I love a fanny pack is all the more reason mm-hmm. to mock people who like a fanny pack. They're coming back. They're coming back in style. They're very utilitarian. Yeah, what do you need a fanny pack for when you bought nine pairs of cargo pants? You got all cut. Well, if I'm not wearing the cargo pants, which oftentimes I won't be. Uh, the fanny pack is an amazing uh, way to carry things all over the place. Slow down, Bex. I wear cargo shorts. That's how I carry all my stuff. Your cargo? Like my 
wallet with two dollars in it and the chain attached to my front belt loop just in case somebody tries to steal it. <laughs> yeah, because God forbid you lose that two dollars. Right. Well, plus his IDs. No, I don't keep those in my wallet. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what that his money's in, for. That goes in the other pocket of the cargo short. <laughs> like that. That's what the cargo <laughs> shorts are for. There's many different pockets. Reading, uh, reading this other article yesterday about uh, Norm McDonald's passing, and the article is just filled with all these hyperlinks of episodes uh, of TV shows that he did and interviews that he did. And uh, I remember one of the jokes he told one time is uh, he found he just finds the uh, the I, the words or letters ID to be very interesting because, you know, he says there's there's a period after each, meaning that uh, it represents a word. I, of course, uh, representing I, as in me, and then there's dentification. <laughs> Which, of course, is a non-existent word. But it's just the way he tells it again, you know. It's just, uh, it just made me think of that when you talked about your ID and your uh, fanny pack. I could watch his stand- I could watch his stand-up for hours. Oh, I have. I yesterday it was not even the stand-up. It was his interviews. They had his last ever interview with Letterman because because uh, he did the first one twenty years earlier mm-hmm. and uh, interviews with. Uh, there, there was this great one uh, with uh, Conan O'Brien. But also um, one of them little uh, hotties there from uh, either Beverly Hills or Melrose Place. I oh, forget what it was. Courtney Thorne Smith. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And they're talking about uh, they're talking about a movie that uh, she's going to be making with Carrot Top. Yeah, with Carrot Top, and uh, and she doesn't know the name or they haven't named it yet, and uh, and all of a sudden Norm, who's like two ta- two seats over because he's already been on the show. He says, uh, hey, I know what they can call it. Uh, uh, damn, I can't remember the third word now. Box <laughs> office, office poison. Poison. <laughs> <laughs> if it's got carrot top, it's called box office poison. <laughs> it was, uh, but this was, I, the one, couple, uh, one of my favorite things from him was like a stand-up bit where he's talking about how the devil told this guy to go kill his family. <laughs> And he's like, can you imagine standing there? The guy's like, oh, hey, devil, I did what you said. I got my family in a bag here. uh, Where's all my riches? And then the devil will be like, wrong guy. I didn't tell you to do that. But it was just his mannerisms and and the way he told jokes was just so freaking funny. It's it's his, his speech pattern. And speaking of which, is somebody else sent an email and reminded me of this. He did play, but I believe he was one of two voices that played the character Death in Family Guy. I remember him being one of them. Yeah. He wasn't necessarily the, the was Grim Reaper. Him and Adam Carolla shared Ad, that Okay, uh, that's that, what that it was. Role. Yeah. I th- he was the first one mm-hmm. before Adam Carolla came along. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Just a funny, funny guy. A man near Toronto was driving around in a red Cadillac on Tuesday night. According to police, he was, quote, impaired, so either drunk or on drugs. And for some reason, he decided to start doing loops in the parking lot of a police station. Because that's always a good idea. Loops? Donuts? Not donuts. Loops. Like driving around the parking lot in circles. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, It was around 1.45 in the morning when an officer saw him slowly driving in circles in the parking lot 
weaving in between parked cars and flashing his headlights on and off for some reason. The officer talked to him and told him to stop, but the guy refused and just kept doing it. Two officers and cruisers eventually boxed him in and got him to stop the car. They arrested him then for impaired driving. Imagine that. No, not really. I mean, well, you go to a police station, right? He's obviously. Uh, I'm guessing he knew he was at the police station. That's being drunk, because I would imagine if you were high, you wouldn't do that. If you were no. just high, no. or if you were drunk and high, I could see you doing that. But it's usually the alcohol that makes you do something stupid like that. But my guess is he must have had maybe he had a previous uh, incident with the police, and uh, you know he thought he was getting back at them. Or uh, watch me drive around your parking lot yeah. in a circle. <laughs> Drive flashing my lights. I think if a guy was high, he'd just be sitting there in the car, not moving. Mm-hmm. It was like George uh, dragging the the World Series trophy That's behind right. his car. Exactly, he doesn't feel reprisals. This guy's yep. driving uh, driving the PBA uh, uh, trophy. Yep. You police can sit on it and, and rotate. rotate. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Pioneer Valley <laughs> forecast today. Going to be cloudy. Uh, chances some showers throughout the day. High of 73 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 8. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 653 and the Rolling Stones on Rock 102. I've never quite understood why you can't, you can't be a man for uh, smoking a different brand of cigarettes as him. I I don't know. It's the improprieties of the uh, the pop culture at the time. Oh, I see. Yes, that makes sense. By the way, you got Gene Cassidy coming up after uh, 7 o'clock this morning. So yesterday I'm texting him, and I'm like, hey, Gene, can we grab you, you know, for a few minutes tomorrow morning to, you know, talk about the opening day and the Mm -hmm. mass and all that stuff? Sure, what time? And I said 7.05, and he goes, that's a little early, don't you think? A little early? So then I said... What time does the president of the Big E get up on the first day of the Big E? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, I'll talk to you tomorrow at 7. Yeah, yeah. I bet but, he will. But he also added, well, there's eggs, there's coffee, there's toast to be had. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll still be waiting for I you, was thinking, You should be having cream puffs at that time of the morning. Plus, I bet he slept overnight in the barn. I don't even One think of the a, barns. Yeah. If I were in charge of that uh, thing, I wouldn't have slept at all last night. No, I, especially after not having one last year. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, it's not like you're sleeping in right. on the the second week in January before the camping show mm-hmm. and the or uh, gun the, and the, knife the wedding show. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how the toy train thing is going to be this year. Yeah. All right, let me ask you a very important question. Well, I think I know what it is, and the answer would be yes. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me as we welcome John O'Brien's America. Well, as we've said many times in the last hour and a half, and will continue to, I'm sure, for at least the next 40 minutes, uh, the Big E is here. Now, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is the Granville Harvest Fair has been canceled for this year. But the good news is... The Biggie is back. We've had two solid years to mourn the death of Beulah the Elephant, and now it's time to move forward. From today until October 3rd, that's 17 days of Biggie fun. The difference this year, of course, being you will have to wear masks indoors, and if you are someone like me who may be immune-compromised or have other reasons, you might want to keep that mask on even outdoors because if you've been to the Big E, you know how crowded it can get. If you want to take the mask off while you're eating, say, a cream puff, 
a turkey leg, some onion rings, some cotton candy, a corn dog, a funnel cake, or a deep fried Oreo, that would be fine. But if you're walking around, say, the Better Living Center, you're looking for the sham wow, you got to have the mask on. That, that That's something that they request that you please do. Not only request it, it's now been a rule instituted by the Board of Health in West Springfield. The Big E website, there's nothing you can't find on the Big E website, including the facts page with questions like, what is the Big E? How do you keep the ground safe? How much does it cost to park? Can I rent a scooter or a wheelchair? Can I camp? Are there accommodations for nursing mothers? And then the entertainment. Sure, you could pay extra money to go see people like Billy Idol or Pat Benatar and her husband, but there's also a lot of free entertainment. The lineup at the Big E stage, unbelievable. Timmy Brown, the Punch Bowl astronauts. How's about Charlie? Drunk in July, the infinite groove. Tom, the suit forced. The Rumble Cats, the Theater of Malum, Stone Nobles, the Chaco Band. These are just some of the names of some of the people you could see for free at the Big E, which starts about an hour from now. And if he's awake, Gene Cassidy will be on the phone with us minutes from now. This has been John O'Brien's America. Thank God the Big E is back. Thank you. The views expressed in John O'Brien's America took him hours to write down. Hours. Thank you. Bax. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, the world of college football is peppered with long-standing traditions. Texas has got the hook'em horns. Other schools allow live animals onto the field to serve as mascots. You've even got some teams that promote insensitive stereotypes just because that's the kind of thing that excites a crowd full of students paying $50,000 a year to attend. And while some of these traditions are wildly popular, others are perhaps a little outdated. For example, tomorrow the Notre Dame Fighting Irish will be hosting the Purdue Boilermakers for the first time in six years. Certainly Notre Dame still believes in many of their uh, well-oiled traditions like the Touchdown Jesus or signing top-dollar television contracts for something that people really don't want to watch. And uh, we've all become accustomed to these sort of things. But the Boilermakers have their popular traditions too. Except tomorrow, because according to reports, Purdue will be unable to bring their greatest tradition into Notre Dame Stadium. That's right. Due to the physical constraints of the building, the Boilermakers will be unable to bring the Purdue Big Bass Drum onto the field. How big is the Big Bass Drum? The drum stands seven feet tall, three feet wide, takes four to five people to push the thing onto the field. But because Notre Dame's redesigned the visitor's tunnel back in 2014, Purdue will be unable to squeeze the drum onto the field. To make matters worse, this year marks the 100th anniversary of the Purdue Big Bass Drum, and yet because of Notre Dame's unwillingness to find another way, the drum will stay outside. Folks, since when did it become a Notre Dame tradition to act like a bunch of non-cooperative jackasses? I'll tell you when. I believe that's Notre Dame's 100th anniversary tradition. Sure, it seems like it's just a big drum to some people, oversized, bulky, perhaps even obnoxious, 
but it's the only thing holding these people together. This would be like going to a family picnic going to find out that somebody prevented your Aunt Edna from bringing her world-famous potato salad to the party. You love that potato salad. Instead, someone thought that lousy carrot salad with the raisins inside would be good enough. Well, it's never good enough. And either is preventing Purdue from bringing a seven-foot bass drum onto the field. It's just not fair, and changes need to be made immediately because this is an outrage. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. The Big E starts, and the Better Living Center has better living inside. That's where you're going to find Rockies with their Traeger Wood Fire Grill. And a Traeger means you're definitely living better. Look for Rockies and the Traeger Wood Fire Grills at the Better Living Center right now at the Big E. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 712. And the cars on Rock 102. You know, I don't think a lot of people know this, but uh, at least four out of the 17 days of the Big E, uh, Gene Cassidy is actually wearing the Big E bear costume. I don't know if that's uh, if that's, that's true. That's what I've heard. Uh, but he is on the phones right now, the uh, boss at the Big E. It's uh, Gene Cassidy. Good morning, Gene. How are you? Good morning, boys. And, and actually, it, it, John, it's six days. Six, six days. days. Oh, <laughs> all right. I didn't realize. Is that when, when it went to a 17-day fair? Yeah, the weekend days. That's yeah. me. It's yeah. Wrapped up in the... In the in the mouse suit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So that's cool. Here you are. Uh, it's it's opening day. It's been uh, the first biggie in, in in two years. Have you been able to sleep in the last couple of days? Uh, I don't think any of us who are trying to produce this show have, have gotten much of that in the past uh, past week. Well, sure. then why'd you complain about a seven o'clock interview? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to give you something to talk about. Oh, yeah. I, thought you, I thought you might mention something about the the feet rub in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of people who uh, you know, are, are very excited about the Big E, but there are some people who are kind of maybe a little hesitant about the Big E. I mean, you, you, your biggest crowd, 1.6 million people, or you know, you know, pretty damn close to it. What should people expect this year when they are there? Can people feel safe? At the Big E. Well, you know, it, it, it sounds uh, sort of esoteric, but I'll tell you, you know, the the agriculturalist was the was the person they turned to in 1918 during the Spanish flu because we didn't have infectious disease specialists in those days, and it was the farmer who had been dealing with uh, uh, viruses in flock and field for 2,000 years at that point. So, you know, the fairgrounds has to be clean. There's a lot of things that we are thinking about that that is completely off people's radar. Uh, with each half generation, uh, we are f- further and further removed from uh, the barnyard, so to speak. Our kids aren't necessarily playing in the dirt. They're playing with an iPad that's been wiped with a Purell wipe by mom. <laughs> and, and, and E. coli is becoming a more and more serious problem uh, in our society. So, uh, you know, it's the farmer, the agriculturalist, who, we, you know, we, we have to keep things really clean. So we had foggers before they were made popular by COVID, uh, we, you know, we have to protect people from E. coli, from salmonella, from, you know, from uh, equine encephalitis, and uh, you know, we work really closely with the town of West Springfield. They've got a, a great uh, health inspector in Westside who who has done a, and they have actually had generations of great people in that job in West Springfield. 
so we work closely with them, and and uh, you know we we keep things clean. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you're right. There's there's a segment of the population that's going to be uh, that may never return, I suppose, to a large event uh, because of their own hesitancy about uh, about communicable diseases at this stage. But and I and those people won't be there. But and but. I, and, but you want people to remember that there are hundreds of other ways to die at the Big E. Yeah, I mean, just ask Beulah. <laughs> I'm glad you said it and not him. Did, did, I, did I get there before you? I, I can't well, you, you kind of did, although last hour I mentioned, you know, it was nice that we had two hours to mourn, two years rather than mourn to death. But uh, you will also be having uh, vaccination uh, stations too, isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so so you know, Westside, uh, you know, we've been watching the uh, the uh, the rates of infection, and you know, obviously, we're very concerned about that. So you know, we the town introduced a mask mandate, and and uh, we'll have that inside of our buildings. And I, you know, we encourage people that if you know if they're comfortable, they, should, they could have a mask on all the time if they want it. But there will be a mask mandate inside the buildings, and and uh, you know, we'll all be keeping an eye on that. Um, and uh, you know, there's 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 our own hygiene. You know, we have a, a, a ad campaign running in tandem with our promotional campaign for the fair about good, clean fun, which is intended to just sort of remind people they need to be conscientious about their own health, and uh, and then the health of others around them. So, you know, those things all paired together, I think folks are gonna are gonna feel comfortable and and, and enjoy the fair. In fact, you've had your name changed for the next 17 days. It's now Hygiene Cassidy, right? <laughs> <laughs> cleanest words in the book. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I will say that one of the things that uh, that I think a lot of people have noticed because you know, people have missed out on you know live music and 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 you know those kinds of events for the last uh, you know year and a half or so. But the biggie seemed to have really stepped up their game as far as entertainment. I mean, the Machine Gun Kelly show is a big show. You got uh, Flo Rida and Billy Idol and Pat Benatar. But you know, there's a lot that you guys have put into entertainment this year maybe even more so than in than in previous years is that it, i mean I, I assume this was intentional well you know uh, john giuliano's book talent of the biggie for over 30 years and he just does a marvelous job i, I was looking back you know i was going to make a joke but i figured half the audience wouldn't remember these people but you know alan king opened for liberace you know back in the day and and uh, <laughs> You know, those are the biggest names in entertainment, and and we still, you know, we uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, uh, people like the Eastern States Exposition in the entertainment world, which is important because they have a, a, a lot of great options that offer far more amenities that, that we have. We don't have any, so uh, you know, getting Billy Idol was a big deal, but having Machine Gun Kelly, of course, uh, you know, I had to Google the guy at the time. I didn't know who he was. But, uh, you know, obviously, I think he sold out in like four minutes or something. Thousands of other listeners just Googled Liberace. (laughs) (laughs) And And Alan King. (laughs) Who is Alan King? (laughs) This guy played a piano. Uh, But, uh, you know, know, back in the day, we we, we were always very fortunate uh, with entertainers, you know, and uh, and John's done a marvelous job the past more than a generation uh, of getting these people to the fairgrounds and, you know, pairing up Flo Rida with the Yin Yang Twins was no easy task, right? 
Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was on hold waiting for you guys, I was listening to the cars, and I made myself a note. I'm like, the cars haven't played the Big E. we, we got to get them for 22. <laughs> well, half of them are dead, but <laughs> yeah, well, that's what luck. happens. Yeah. yeah, That's what happens, you know, but uh, they reinvent themselves. I mean, I think we had the spinners forever, you know, mm, some yeah, version. We were talking, you know, just kind of being a little technical here, and we we remember how uh, those state buildings are are owned by the individual states that they that they represent, and I realize they're not actually embassies. But um, when you when you institute a mask mandate, let's say for the town, do those properties automatically get included, or do they just ride along and agree with you? No, they, you know because. They are they are deeded property in uh, to the states that, that that they represent, but they are in the town of West Springfield, so they are absolutely subject to the uh, jurisdiction of of our community. Oh, okay, all right. I didn't realize that's how that works. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so so it's not like people can whip off their masks in Vermont all of a sudden. Yeah, they, be careful whipping off anything at the Big E. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> another thing. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, you've, you, they've got to abide by the uh, by the jurisdiction of the community for sure. I got you. And uh, the bridge uh, being open this year, you think that's going to be a big deal too? Oh, that, Morgan's, that's gonna, Morgan yeah, Sullivan. That's be a, it's a big help for for everybody for a lot of reasons. Uh, uh, but yeah, for, especially for the biggie, what, what 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 they did was they actually put a dedicated turn lane in coming from Agawam, heading heading uh, east to west side. So um, you know that's going to clear traffic. I think much quicker out of the town of Aguam and get people onto the property a lot faster and, and better for exiting as well. So, yeah, having that job done is a big perk. We know you uh, you sit on this uh, this international board of fairs and festivals, and we've talked to you about this before. In other areas that have gone through and have you know, scheduled their events and gotten through it, um, do you, have has it been kind of uniform? I mean, has you know, the success of one kind of bared out to others? And, and do you think that what happened, say, like in New York, for example, uh, where, they, where they were down, you know, almost 50%, is what you're expecting with the Big E, or do you expect something different? Yeah, New York was sort of an odd outlier because um, the governor had tampered with the fair dates. Uh, he, he, they, they, the state had put over $100 million into the facility during the past five or six years. And uh, what they did was they expanded the fair dates at the expense of a lot of other fairs in the state of New York. So New York has a ton of fairs. And uh, when they did that, they, they interrupted the flow of cattle and, and other agricultural livestock that, that compete in the fairs. So to some large extent, the, uh, the decline in attendance in, in New York uh, stemmed from the fact that the people kind of rebelled. Uh, they did have a mask in a mandate both inside and outside. I think people rebelled against that as well. Uh, so I, they're they're the outlier. But otherwise, fairs across the country have been doing really, really quite well. I, I happened to be in the, uh, Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, they they had uh, very bad weather. Eleven day fair. I think they had to roll out their emergency plans three times for evacuation because of weather. But they still did over eight hundred fifty thousand people in eleven days. Wow. Um, so, you know, the, the fairs are, are doing well. We've seen fairs here, you know, the Northampton Fair, or a Tri-County Fair ran over the Labor Day weekend. They did a great job. They, they had a, a, probably an equal number to 2019. Uh, Greenfield ran last weekend. Uh, they set attendance records last weekend. So The Granville you know, people, Harvest has been canceled, so that ought to get you five more people. Well, there you go. There's always that, John. <laughs> 
I think folks are ready to get get back at it, though. You know, absolutely, very good. Yeah. Well, Gene Cassie from the Big E, uh, hi Gene Cassie, hi Gene Cassie, hi Gene. Good yeah. to talk to you. Uh, best of luck starting uh, this morning with the opening, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks. Very best wishes to you boys and all your listeners. You Bye, too. Hygiene. <laughs> hygiene Cassie from the Big, the Big e. e. Go visit the Big E.com. Plan your day. <laughs> all right. Rock 102. Hi, I'm Jeff Serrett from Serrett Ford Lincoln and Agua, and Ford truck season is on. Serrett has New England's greatest selection of tough Ford work trucks, over 100 in stock and ready to go. If you're a business owner or contractor, the time to plan year-end purchases is right now. And Serrett is your Ford Gold Certified and Lincoln Certified Pre-Owned Dealer. Over 150 pre-owned vehicles in stock. We have what you're looking for. Come into Serrett now for our Ford truck season kickoff. Serrett Ford Lincoln and Aguam, and it's SerrettFord.com. Seven with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. You know, if you missed any uh, part of the Bax and O'Brien show, check out the Bax and O'Brien daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on Spotify, and also on BaxandO'Brien.com. And Baxi's musical podcast. This week, my guest has been Jody Stevens of Big Star, and on Monday, uh, Joe Keithley from the band DOA. Uh, they've been around for 40 years. He's not only uh, still leading the band, he's also a city councilor in his hometown in British Columbia. It's actually a really inter- interesting interview, and you can hear that on BaxonO'Brien.com. So, you know, we kind of lost sight uh, over the last couple of days, maybe. Not, maybe not even yesterday, but uh, the courthouse. The, uh, the courthouse downtown. The one that's supposedly a sick building and uh, no, people want to have it torn down. I believe it's the only gross building in Springfield. It is actually... So there's a list that the... Um, I don't remember what part of the government it is. Something like building and maintenance. It's it's the people, not the trial court, but, but a group that determine what buildings need to be replaced or... Um, well, I believe it's replaced, not not just necessarily renovated. They keep a list of the buildings in the order of which they believe they need to be replaced. Okay. The Ireland Courthouse in Springfield is 23rd on that list. What's- there are 22 other buildings, apparently, all over Massachusetts that need to be replaced sooner than this one. Now, I don't know what any of them are, and I don't know what the conditions of any of them are, but it's hard to believe that we're all the way down to 23 in a building that could possibly have played a role in the death of two judges. Do we even know how many of those 22 buildings are in Western Mass? No. No, I didn't see the list. It was just one sentence that talked about it. The other thing, too, is the uh, Chief Justice uh, of... uh, the trial court, Paula Carey, apparently in a previous interview, she actually stated that she would not work in the office that Judge Boyle and Judge Coomer employed, uh, used when they were working full time. She said she would not use that office based on their deaths and the concerns of the building. And yet, she's among the people who decide whether the building gets. Uh, reopened or not that's that's hard <laughs> yeah. to imagine yeah it, it, it's it's hard to imagine you know this I, I can't help but think what must the number one worst building look like yeah. if the courthouse falls to number 23 mm-hmm. what must those other places i mean how bad could it be yeah. and you have to think well pretty damn bad or or 
once again, we're just simply neglected. You know, well, that and, goes, and it that is goes, a good question to know how many of them are in Western Mass. Well, be- that goes without saying. I think we would be neglected no matter what because you know Boston and maybe Worcester is going to get you know a little bit more attention than than we would out here. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, if this is the worst building in Western Mass, you know, then to me it may need to be brought up on the list a little bit more, especially when you have this, you know, these many people screaming and yelling that it needs to go. Yeah. Yep, 23 on the list. We got news coming up next at Rock 102. After 734 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102, it's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month receives 60% off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit yankeehomeimprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Cream buffs and corn dogs, bitches. The biggie starts today. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's right. A disgusting sounding combination. What, corn, corn dogs, dogs and cream, cream puffs? puffs? Yeah. It all goes down. It all goes. It's all pipes. You know, it's all it's goes all down going the same, to the same place and yeah. it's coming out the same place, yeah, too. You're not dipping your corn dog into your cream puff. Although, I've, you know, I would try it. <laughs> I've never eaten a corn dog in my life, so I don't I don't know. What do you but, like, hot dogs? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like hot dogs, but not necessarily a hot dog wrapped in a corn dog. Do you like pr- uh, cornbread? No. No, I do not. Mm. Well, see, there you wow. go. See, now you'll be, uh, you'll almost be on the outs because mm-hmm. that's uh, exactly what it is. But do you like a cream puff? Yeah. Oh, I love the cream puffs. Do yeah. you like a, do you like a chocolate banana on a stick? Not really, um, because it's frozen. That kind of kills something. Yeah, but there's money in the banana stand. Yeah, oh, I know there's money. They're always, always, they've always said that. You're right. The uh, the icicles that form inside the banana are not good. Yeah, no, I don't really care for the frozen one. What about uh, what about a walking taco? I love the walking tacos. Yeah, I'm, I've made walking tacos. Did Those you are, did you walk actually, while I eating ran. the taco? Really? I ran. Yeah, well, um, after eating the tacos because that's happened to me too. No, that's I runs. What? Um, do the are you talking about like right in the bag, either the Dorito bag or the or the Frito bag? Yeah, and it's all yeah. covered with all the. It's basically nachos in a bag. Yeah, it, it is. really. Is. Well, it's basically beef in in a bag of Doritos. That's true. Yeah, uh, uh, but then they also have the, the turducken sandwich. I believe they still have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turducken is good. And I told you that tots a lot thing. I'm gonna get that uh, chicken tot pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice yeah. tots. Yeah, let your tots hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's some bad news for people who live in Sunderland. Masks are now required to be worn in all public buildings in Sunderland. So you, that one building in the center of town, you uh, the not, town hall, you have to wear a mask inside. Actually, requiring the people of Sunderland to put on a mask is doing everybody a favor. The Sunderland Board of Health voted the new mandate uh, yesterday. It expands a previous policy which required that masks be worn in all government buildings. Greenfield has a similar mandate which goes into effect on Monday. So when, um, however many years ago it was, that uh, people established towns in the state of Massachusetts, um, there obviously was a uh, probably a template of what is needed to to be considered a town. And, and it seems we've learned through this pandemic that every town has to have its own board of health 
but uh, I am kind of curious as to like how many members have to be on a board of health as opposed to, say, maybe just a health officer. A town like Sunderland's board of health, I can't imagine it's more than two people. I think in my town, it's only one person. Yeah, it's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But who knows? But you have to have something called a board of health in order to have a town. It's a, you know, that that's always been, uh, there's a lot of different things that make something a town or a city or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a mayor. No, no, right. And, and there are other towns that have don't have mayoral forms of government. Uh, the New Hampshire Supreme Court on Thursday rejected an appeal for a bail hearing for a truck driver who's been in jail since he was charged with causing the deaths of seven motorcyclists in 2019. 25-year-old Vladimir Zhukovsky of West Springfield is scheduled to face trial on November 29th on multiple counts of negligent homicide, manslaughter, driving under the influence, and reckless conduct stemming from the crash that happened on June 21st of 2019 in Randolph. The victims, uh, members of the Jarheads Motorcycle Club, were from New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. A judge denied three requests for bail hearing, agreeing with prosecutors that Zukowski is a danger to himself and others. After the third denial in April, Zukowski's lawyers challenged the judge's decision and said they said that uh, Zukowski was entitled to a hearing because both sides disputed facts that were relevant to his dangerousness. Basically, what it came down to is the just uh, the justices said, look, he couldn't handle himself other times, mm-hmm. you know, staying out of trouble when he was on probation for this or that. Yep. He, what what makes you think he's going to do that now? Well, you know, the other thing, too, is it, it is kind of weird, and part of this is the way the system works, and the other part is a pandemic. But, um, you know, the amount of time that someone can spend in custody, in pretrial status, where, you know, they haven't even they haven't even had their day in court yet. And, and here we are, like you just said, what's it been, three years? Mm-hmm. Three years this guy has been uh, being held. Now, obviously, uh, if or when he's convicted and sentenced, those three years will be taken into consideration as, uh, as time served. But it's just got to be weird. And, and, and certainly some people need to be held because they are dangerous. But, it, but there are some people out there, you know, who, who may be innocent, who—, who may end up getting a sentence that says time served and boom, they're released <laughs> on that day. To be sitting in jail for three years waiting for something to happen well, has got to be... Well, I, I, but, I, okay. I'm just saying, I mean, he's he has a history mm-hmm. and that's what they've taken into consideration. Absolutely. So it's not like... It's just some guy who uh, this was a horrible mistake that just right. happened once. And, right. And but with but with a pandemic in the middle of all this, you know, everything has now been delayed. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, listen, it's 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 unfair for someone to sit in custody for two years if they're innocent and you know their trial, you know, winds you know winds up bearing that out. You know, that's unfortunately part of the way the system works. I know, and a lot of it has to do with. Uh, the scheduling and delays and and, sure. and everything else, and you'd like to think that if you were, you know, falsely accused of a crime, or you were innocent of a crime, but still had to sit in jail and await your trial, that there you know, there'd be con- some consideration for you, but there's not. Plus, what else are you wh- supposed to do? Whether it's a pandemic or a mold-filled building, yeah, uh, yeah, you you wait, you just gotta wait. 
Uh, plus, it's such a high-profile case, too. And mm-hmm. I think that really drives the the attention to it. Yeah. I, I believe that if this was maybe one motorcyclist who died mm-hmm. and that was it, right? tragic as it still may be, I don't think you'd have this kind of attention or coverage to uh, what, you know, his status of being held or being not yep. held. I, I think it's going to be very interesting, though, because, you know, as you mentioned, uh, arguing the facts of the case, um, you know, there there was there was evidence disclosed that the lead motorcyclist was over the center line when he was hit. So mm. it could turn out to be very interesting. How can you tell it was a slow news day at 22 yesterday? Because uh, they didn't see anything? No, because they, uh, they had a story about uh, troopers who assisted a motorist with a flat tire on the Mass Pike in Ludlow yesterday. Oh, wow. wow. We're busy. According to state police, troopers Aaron Richardson and Farrah Gray saw a disabled vehicle in the left lane of the Mass Pike westbound in Ludlow. The troopers stopped and changed the flat tire for the driver. What? Yeah. The trooper changed the tire? Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about the one yesterday where the guy grabbed the horse and that was his lifelong dream to become a rodeo uh, yeah, ho- uh, yeah. rodeo cowboy. Well, maybe one of these troopers had a lifelong dream of working at a town fair tire or perhaps <laughs> in a a firestone. You know, yeah, I always yeah. wanted to be a tire technician, <laughs> you know. One day when my law enforcement career is in the crapper or I reti- yeah. retire, I think tire, uh, switching tires yeah. out is what I want to do. I yeah. want to plug tires for a living. Uh, me here in uh, uh, Richard, Aaron, I'm Aaron, Trooper Aaron Richardson, and uh, this is uh, Trooper Farrah Gray. Uh, we were going to open Richards, Richardson and Gray's uh, tire shop, mm-hmm. uh, but we can't do that. Uh, so uh, we do what we can. Our lifelong yeah. dream was to own a tire shop. I was kind of surprised uh, yesterday. I saw a, a vehicle pulled over on the side of the Mass Pike mm-hmm. uh, westbound. And uh, a state trooper behind it with his, with his lights on, and um, the distance that this trooper's cruiser was from this vehicle really kind of surprised me. I mean, I realize uh, I thought about it. Well, usually when vehicles get towed, they get towed from the front, so the tow truck would pull in front of the disabled vehicle, not between the cruiser and the disabled vehicle. So it, it kind of surprised me. I mean, this guy was like, this guy was like maybe four or five hundred yards behind this uh, this car. I'm not sure what it was exactly. I'm sure at some point he was right up behind it, and then you know when they realized, I believe they were probably waiting for a tow truck. Uh, you know, I'll, 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 they always sit in the cruiser and wait, but for some reason this trooper was like. Yeah, I think I'm gonna back up like a quarter of a mile. <laughs> I'm not, and it's not like it was a curve in the highway. So he was trying to, you know, uh, be more protective of of the disabled vehicle and give the traffic, the oncoming traffic, a better view of where he was. It's, it was a straightaway. It, it didn't really matter. But I couldn't. I, I was wondering why he was that far away. Maybe it was. Uh safety thing or something well that's what i mean but you know usually you know when when you pull a car over you're told to give it at least a a car's distance or two depending on the circumstances you're in and you know and you turn the wheel to the left so that your wheels are pointing out toward the highway so if anybody plows into you the car you're not going to hit the car in front of you you're going to just you know go across the highway but not usually a quarter of a mile behind the car 
It's just being uh, extra protective. Yeah, I guess. Listen, I don't want to get COVID. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know I've been vaccinated, but yeah, yeah. all the worst things in my job happen within a quarter mile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm backed up a quarter mile, what could possibly go wrong? I can't imagine a cop helping change a tire. He must have had nothing else to do. Well, Even two, still. two cops. Uh-huh. There's two cops. That uh-huh. Well, I say it's it's like being in a pit crew at a at a NASCAR race. Is this a female driver? I don't know what the who the driver was, uh-huh. but it was probably somebody who was elderly or so obviously somebody who couldn't change a tire. Yeah, well, maybe that's didn't what have AAA an, is for. Maybe they didn't have AAA. And you do call we, a tow truck. You know, do we uh, do we still uh, go with the uh, damsel in distress thing in? Uh, in law enforcement once again steve like everything else you know it's about liability i mean if the troopers change the tire and god forbid this woman has a blowout but, in, in the next day or two um you know they, they, it could come back to bite them in the ass yeah but you know what uh there are some people out there who uh don't really think about those things and just want to help mm-hmm. and that's what they did yeah. they helped this motorist well, change their tire i hope they're suspended well <laughs> You and, you and your public service helping people do things. No, 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 no. I'm helping you by being a quarter of a mile behind you. Anyone who bought uh, chicken or any chicken products in the U.S. in the last decade could be eligible to receive money in the broiler chicken antitrust litigation. Bad chicken. Mess you up. Yep. Lawsuit. Prosecutors allege that several companies conspired to fix the prices and supply of chicken, according to PR Newswire. In doing so, they directly violated the federal, state, consumer, and antitrust laws. Those who purchased any chicken products, such as fresh or frozen or raw chicken, cut up uh, whole birds, uh, purchased within a package, or white meat parts from all different kinds of companies. There's a whole list of them here. Uh, But if you have them kosher... Those are excluded from the settlement. Oh, babe. <laughs> uh, do I have to show proof of purchase? No. See, that's the thing. You can go to this website. It's uh, called uh, overcharged for overchargedforchicken.com. And, and how much uh, could I expect Probably as a result of this lawsuit? Cents. Yeah, about six cents yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not going to give me much. That's the problem with the uh, class, class action suits, especially that broad. Hey, that's six cents uh, uh, that you could have had. Yeah. No thanks. Well, I remember. You know, I remember years ago they had a class action lawsuit <laughs> because they believed there was a link between, uh, I forget if it was Viagra or Cialis and melanoma, and they were like, you know, if you if you have melanoma and you've used Cialis or Viagra in the last four years or six years, whatever it was, um, you could be a part of this class action lawsuit. And I and I just for the hell of it, I checked it out, but they sent me like a like a four. <coughs> Excuse me, like a forty-page packet yeah. of stuff I had to fill out. That's not only the legal stuff; that's the company saying, "You know what? I bet you these schmoes won't even fill this stuff out if we give them 40 right pages." Right. You know, I know in a, in a lot of cases that you know, finally for a class action lawsuit doesn't yield great results. But I know some people who have actually gotten a good deal of cash mm. from a class action lawsuit. Name five. I don't need to name five. I know at least two. And that's a, and they got a good deal of cash as a result of it. But how many people were in the class? I have no idea. Quite a, quite a lot. Well, I mean, it depends. You know, if you were in on the class action suit against the Sackler family over the opioid crisis, where you know they had billions and billions of dollars to give, then you know maybe you'll end up with something sizable. But 
most of them, the only people making money is the lawyers. And that's usually how it works out. Mm-hmm. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today uh, brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Going to be uh, cloudy with some rain showers throughout the day. High is 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 82. It's 65 right now in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. And that's your Fogbuster forecast and the news on Rock 102. Ah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 757 and the genius of Steve Miller on Rock 102. The first day of the Big E after a two-year break and Steve Miller on the same, yeah, almost the same moment mm-hmm. because the Big E is opening in like three minutes. Now, uh, today is Military Appreciation Day, and if you're a veteran or currently serving in the military, you can uh, join Rock 102 at the Big E and receive free admission with proper identification. Steve Nagel's going to be there today between 11 and 1. Uh, stop by the VA's Information Center located on the Avenue Estates. You can talk to uh, VA reps and uh, hang out with Steve, win some prizes, uh, what have you. It's uh, today between 11 and 1 with Steve at the Big E from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. So uh, Sean Powers is a Springfield City Councilor who uh, recently um, filed a, a lawsuit, um, and and I believe it was a resolution of uh regarding the courthouse the the ireland courthouse in downtown springfield um i don't know how many of his fellow counselors backed him on us i do know that they were split to some extent and i'm just kind of curious as to you know what he thought filing a resolution was going to do so we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk with him in a couple of minutes it's uh, 758 with bax and o'brien of rock 102 springfield is 23rd on the list for the capital management plan, I'm uh, I'm on the website right now looking at uh, trying to look at that. The first thing I saw was a map that showed all the courthouses in Massachusetts from Worcester to Boston. Didn't even show anything in Western Mass. No, of course not. Now I'm looking at something else here that has conditions of courthouses. <laughs> Every courthouse in Hamden County is described as being in fair condition. On the phone with us right now is uh, West Springfield Town Councilor uh, Sean Powers. He had uh, drafted a resolution urging that the uh, the trial court keep the the uh, the courthouse closed. He's on the phone with us right now. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? All right. Hey, uh, I'm just kind of curious. So uh, it says here you drafted a resolution. First of all, if you could tell us, what is a resolution? Yeah, so a resolution is, is essentially – um, a document from a municipality, a city, or a town that gets sent to Boston that essentially expressing support, somewhat of a testimony that the town backs and supports a certain stance or a position based on a topic that you know might be up for debate or should be taken into consideration, or in this instance, uh, that's being severely neglected or just uh, you know put to the wayside. So, what do you think the uh... That that thing you just described coming from a single city councilor who, granted, is in the same county as the county courthouse, but not necessarily the same city. Uh, I mean, how many how many other councilors in West Springfield signed this uh, resolution with you? Yeah, so I, I was able to get uh, at large counselor Ed Sullivan, uh, the president of the city council, uh, Brian Griffin, and then district four counselor. I'm sorry, district three counselor. Uh, Anthony DeStefano to join on, uh, but 
part of what I did, too, was a little bit larger than that. I was actually able to speak with uh, Jesse Letterman in Springfield. Um, I was able to speak with Michael Fenton and Melvin Edwards. Um, they supported it. They're going to be um, essentially bringing the same resolution to their own city council and their October meeting. And then I was actually able also to get uh, Agwam town councilors, uh, Rosemary Sandlin, Robert Rossi, Paul Cavallo, and Jerry Smith uh, to bring the same resolution to Agwam. So we're really hoping that, you know, in conjunction with the district attorney, the sheriff, and then uh, the registered deeds taking the stances that they are, you know, that our towns and, and hopefully, you know, other towns in the county that are affected and, you know, whose constituents need to use this courthouse uh, will also take up the same resolution. So we're really hoping for, you know, considered effort here. Now, now you're an attorney, correct? Uh, yes, sir. So I, I assume that you've spent plenty of time in this building and you know exactly what's going on and you've seen the kinds of contamination and filth that have uh, destroyed this building. Is that Would that be safe to say? Yeah, actually, it, and it goes back to, um, you know, I know we talk about Judge Kumar and Judge Boyle, but, you know, my first internship, uh, I used to scan the old deeds from the early 1900s, and that's kind of what's on that on the record system online, the digital record system. And, uh, you know, registered Donald Ash at the time, who unfortunately, you know, passed away from brain cancer, um, you know, which is something that's not talked about too much. Um, it was it was an issue back then. That was about 15 years ago. So, you know, the daily, you know, being there as an attorney uh, in the Registry of Deeds and in probate uh, and talking to colleagues and friends that work there, I mean, it's, it's certainly something that, um, you know, we're all seeing. So uh, I'm looking right now at this list of capital projects that the uh, trial court has in their capital projects listing. And uh, they're talking about a new judicial center in Lowell. They're talking about the municipal court in the Brighton Division of Boston. East Brookfield needs uh, some work. Another one in Quincy. Another in Brockton, Lynn, Framingham. And the Suffolk County Courthouse needs its elevator replaced. I was told that we were 23rd on the list of capital improvements. Do you know anything about that? Uh, No, I don't. But I do know that back in 2017... Uh, you know, at the time, the then trial court administrator said that we were one of the most uh, ailing courthouses in the state. You know, we we didn't make it on the list then. So, you know, I'm kind of wondering, uh, you know, we're not here in the condition of those courthouses. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, it sounds like we got something to do with a, a Western Mass issue. Uh, most of those are Central Mass or maybe the Brookfield locations. Uh, so, but, yeah, I mean, the original reason to want to talk to you was that it just seemed kind of, yeah, yeah, it was like, remember when uh, Amherst uh, condemned the Iraq war and we were like, oh, well, I'm sure we're going to pull all our troops out now. You know, I mean, Amherst is pissed off. Um, when I saw that you had written a resolution about the courthouse, I was like, well, what is one city councilor from uh, outside the city city going to do? Um, is there was there a reason to believe that this. And, and I know what you mentioned about, you know, trying to team up with the people from Springfield and Agawam and, and other areas. But uh, doing that by yourself, do you really think that's going to move the needle? Yeah, you know, I mean, I hope it does. Um, <clears throat> you know, part of the reason why I ran, you know, for at large in, in the town of West Springfield was to, you know, be the voice for the, you know, for, for my neighbors. So, you know, this this is how I how I see that. And. Like I said, I mean, if the DA and the sheriff and the registrar are all taking, 
you know, stepping up to the plate. I, I think that, you know, we as elected officials in these um, municipalities that also utilize the courthouse, you know, I think we need to do our part as well. And uh, like I said, I, you know, you, you kind of hope that since this is a county issue, you know, even though we have district courthouses in Holyoke and Westfield and Chickabee, you know, that it's, uh, it's something where the other towns in the county will come together and um, hopefully at least just get us on that master plan. You know, that, that's, I think, I think that's the first step. And, you know, I, I think earlier this morning, you said the trial court judge Paul Carey won't even work in the, in the chambers that uh, judge Boyle and judge Kumar worked in. And, um, you know, going back to 2017, it just seems like, you know, on top of, you know, Governor Baker saying that, you know, we do need to address this issue, but it's the trial court and they're a separate system. I and mean, someone needs to, you know, someone needs to step up to the trial court and say, hey, you know, pay attention to us out here. We, you know, we really need, we really need to address this. This is uh, West Springfield Town Councilor uh, Sean Powers on the phone with us. You know, I just, I, I think it's important to, to point out that you are not just talking about, you know, mold remediation in in uh, in this case you're not talking about fixing the problem that the resolution itself actually calls for the destruction of this courthouse and a new one to be built i don't i don't know if if the arguments uh, are are being made all over the place here in western mass i mean to me that seems like the right thing to do but if they go ahead and make that <clears throat> suggestion do you have any uh, suggestions about what should be done in the meantime, like, you know, where court business could could go on if they, in fact, decide to, to tear this place down? Uh, well, I think, I think, you know, after the last uh, 16 or 18 months, you know, we've seen that, you know, the courthouse and its staff and the over 500 and 550 people that work there can operate, you know, through Zoom, uh, you know, or, or other means remotely. And I think uh, Representative Pupilo said the other day that, you know, now is the perfect time, I think, with the Eastfield Mall and, you know, with, with um, you know, the Mass Mutual Center being across the street, you know, now is, a, is a, as good a time as ever. People are still used to the remote work. People won't get back in the day-to-day. So I would think if we can address the issue now, I think that's the route we would take. I think we, we keep with the Zoom meetings. I think we – I mean, Kochi isn't sending, um, you know, any, you know, defendants. Um, that are housed at the jail there. So. Well, he's restarting next week. Yeah, and and I, you know, I think, you know, he's. I mean, he said he wanted to be their voice. So, still, I think that would be the route that we take. I yeah. think I think the route we take is, you know, we, we keep up the the Zoom, the remote work. I mean, uh, the registrar is able to do it, and I think the district attorney, for the most part, is able to do it as well. So, um, the courts can function remotely, and. Um, I think it's we've proven that unfortunately over the last sixteen or eighteen months, uh, whether we wanted to or not. Well, uh, good luck to you, Sean. Um, it, it just uh, I'm glad we were able to get a hold of you and, and find out what you were thinking, and uh, it does make sense. and And hopefully, this place will uh, either uh, burn down or fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate, it, gentlemen, and uh, thanks a lot for having me on. Absolutely, thanks, Sean. Sean Powers from uh, the West Springfield Town uh, Council. It's eight twenty one on Rock one hundred two. Hurry to Gary Room Hyundai and save green with more. It's 823 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Oh, just somebody just sent me a picture of a young boy uh, at the Big E, obviously, eating uh, what's described as a deep-fried candied COVID on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dipping sauce do they get for that? 
it's got that actual uh, round COVID germ, <laughs> and and the kid is actually biting into it with a stick underneath. Can it. I have my uh, COVID candy <laughs> with extra heart uh, horse dewormer, please? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I was watching a Today Show a little while ago. Um, this this young couple that were uh, planning to be van living people. Um, they were going to go cross country. I believe they left from Florida. Uh, they were out there for uh, a little while. The uh, man, the male half, returns back to Florida alone. And uh, uh, previously to that, the mother of the young lady he was traveling with had reported her missing. But I don't think he had reported her missing until he got back to Florida. Uh, obviously, uh, as is always the case, the male half of a couple that's still here is the immediate first suspect, whether it's a boyfriend or or, or a husband. Um, that's usually going to be the first person. Mm-hmm. What I do find interesting, though, in watching, although, you know, I'm talking about a two-and-a-half-minute presentation on the Today Show, so it's probably not all of the facts, but somewhere in Utah, apparently, they had an incident occur, and uh, one of them must have called the police, or maybe the police just happened upon the scene, but uh, a domestic violence incident was uh, documented in which actually he was the victim because he was the one who had scratch marks and, uh, and minor injuries but he was able to talk the police into not making any arrests. But the police uh, had suggested to them, and I don't know that there's any way to enforce this, but suggested to them that they spend the night apart. You know, uh, separate yourselves from each other mm-hmm. for a night and then, uh, you know, see how you feel in the morning. I believe she took the van, and I don't know where he went. But they're also now talking about the possibility of a connection to another disappearance of a female in that area in the recent past. And that all of a sudden, you know, I mean, look, the guy, uh, the boyfriend is refusing to cooperate. He's lawyered up and and he's not helping in any way, which has got to be. In fact, they showed a letter written by the girl's parents to the guy's parents saying, how can you do this to another parent and, and not provide any kind of assistance that is possible. So clearly, you, you can imagine the frustration level. But just that little bit of a, so wait a minute, as far as we know, the police told them to separate. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Uh, but if they did, and there's a past case nearby of something like this happening, it, it's just, it's a little bit of doubt. Well, you know, uh <laughs> I'd hate to have to be accused of anything, you know. I hate to have to be like on the guy, you know, the, you know that guy that somehow has to prove that uh, you know I didn't do something, and then you know have everything look like I did. You know, lawyering up, you know, being told to separate, being you know, you know, doing things, you know, just to make sure that I have the ability to defend myself. I hate to be in that position. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Uh- I, I still find the guy very suspicious. Uh, I, I find his, but but by the same token, you know, the, here's the lawyer saying, uh, look, I don't want my client saying anything to the police because obviously the police can turn this around and uh, and use it against them. The very thing that you're protected by with the, with the Miranda warning. But 
still, I mean, to not cooperate with the police, to not say, here's where we were last, and here's the, the last time I saw her, and, I mean, supposedly he's not doing any of that. Yeah. And, and as the father of the girl, I would have a hell of a time keeping myself in check. It's 828. We got news next to Rock 102. 8.30 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Adam Quinneville Roofing, Roofing, Siding, Roof Shampoo, and more. Log on to 1-800-NEW-ROOF.NET today. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. It is the start of the Big E today. The Big E has been in full swing for 31 minutes, to be exact. Wow. And uh, all kinds of entertainment. Today is Military Appreciation Day. And also... I think it's very vital to rock or rhyme. It's right on time. It's tricky in the title. Here we go. It's tricky to rock or rhyme. To rock or rhyme. That's right on time. It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. It's tricky to rock or rhyme. To rock or rhyme. That's right on time. It's tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. That's right. Hey, the very last day of the Big E will be Daryl DMC McDaniels of Run DMC. Didn't really? The, isn't Daryl the one that lost his voice? Yeah, I don't know how he's performing. Uh, hand signals? No, I mean, he, he can still speak, but his, you know the the smooth tones of his uh, voice have been shot to hell. Well, I'm sure it's uh, it, it's going to be a challenge for him, but uh, he's going to do it because yeah, everything he does is tricky. John, you're a big uh, Run DMC fan, right? You'll be going to not, this. Not so much. Really? No. Yeah, oh, no. that's old school. That's that's good stuff right there. And if you don't get enough Don McLean here, you can get Don McLean on September 26th. Oh, at the no. Court of Honor stage. As really? Well as, uh, yeah, as well as Lisa Lisa without Cult Jam. What happened to the Cult Jam? I don't know. They only go from head. They don't go from head to toe. They only go head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, modern English will be tomorrow. No, Modern English backed out. The mod- right, yeah. They yeah. had, um, actually it was uh, COVID issues. They couldn't get over from England fast enough to be able to do that. Oh, they were going to be there for two days. Yeah, so they will not be able to melt yeah. with you. What about Tom Frannick, the comedian and musician? I don't know. He's Believe playing he's today there. at 11, 1, and 6. 11, huh? Boy, that 11 o'clock a.m. show must be a ass kicker. Big bad voodoo daddy. Yeah, you know you've uh, you, we've talked a little bit about uh, about Billy Idol, and uh, you know you, you've uh, kind of focused on the cost of that ticket. But mm-hmm. uh, to me, yeah, there is no amount of money uh, that's not worth uh, seeing Billy Idol and all of his credibility. Now, is Natalie Merchant still with Ten Thousand Maniacs? Pit- no, I believe there's only like nine thousand one hundred of them. Left. Yeah, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine <laughs> yeah. Maniacs. Yeah. I believe she is, and I believe the picture uh, in the uh, on the website is in fact Natalie Merchant. I wouldn't mind seeing the uh, the Cashmere, the live Led Zeppelin show. That sounds pretty good. What kind of music are they doing? I believe they do uh, Seals and Crofts. Uh, oh, that would be good. If they like that Journey band, they might. Summer Breeze. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. And uh, who's the, the, the Yardbirds? And Foghat. Yeah. Shut the front door. Featuring First Cousins, the original members. This is going to be the best biggie ever. It, it should be. It absolutely should be. Uh, Springfield detectives arrested a man and seized a loaded firearm with rocks of crack cocaine located in a fanny pack, according to... Uh, well, there's always a crack in a fanny. That's true. Yeah, but I don't think you want to pack it. Uh, according... Says you, Bax. 
According to Springfield Police Department spokesman Ryan Walsh, uh, he said, My best friend's sister's boyfriend's girlfriend heard from this guy who's dating this girl that the firearms investigation unit detectives had information that 30-year-old Taim Marble was in possession of a firearm and conducted surveillance outside his home in State Street. I guess it's pretty serious. How do you walk into jail trying to look like a real badass when everybody knows that you got busted with a fanny pack? Well, everybody doesn't know. It they know. Listen, yet. there's always somebody from the outside going to talk to somebody on the inside. Hey, listen, if you're... spreads it around, and all of a sudden, the fanny pack yeah. story is all over the, if, the if cell block. If you're a good crack dealer and you know how to make friends and you've got good crack, nobody's going to care that you're carrying it around in a fanny pack. At around 6.40 p.m. Wednesday, detectives saw Marble leave the apartment building with a fanny pack and carrying a trash bag while attempting to conduct an arrest. Marble ran from the detectives. He rolled. Yeah. The marble rolled. He uh, threw uh, the fanny pack and trash bag before being taken into custody on Terrence Street. Detectives seized a loaded firearm with 19-round magazine and nine racks of crack cocaine located inside that fanny pack. Hmm. And he's uh, charged with multiple charges, but... He's also being charged with being a douche with the fanny. No, no, no. I'm Man. telling you, it's it's. Uh, Listen, you're the I only you're the only it. one of us here that mm. owns a fanny pack and uses a fanny pack. The More rest of us are mocking those of you who like the fanny pack. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you right and me wrong. The- no, it makes uh, it makes me and the 99 percent of the rest of the population right. Not really. The uh, Westfield police are investigating after two men entered a home saying they were, quote, from the government. According to the Westfield Detective Bureau, on Thursday, police received a report of two men gaining entry into an elderly resident's home by saying they were, quote, from the government and showing an ID and a badge. The men walked around the home and left abruptly. Police say it doesn't appear that they took anything. The suspects were driving in an older white Ford F-150 with a long bed and a noticeable dent in the tailgate. They are being described as either Hispanic or light-skinned African-Americans between the ages of 30 and 40 wearing blue dress shirts. One was wearing a mask, and the other may have a mustache, and the other walked with a noticeable limp. Anybody have a fanny pack? No. No fanny packs in uh, in this particular crime. They never, they never made entry into the house, right? No. Yeah. It is a little odd, though. You're from the government? First of all, which government? Uh... Tanzania. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, I'd love to know if the blue matching shirt, or, or they were both wearing blue shirts. I wonder if they were matching shirts. We're from ServPro. We're here to take care of your mold issue from the government. <laughs> These guys could have all been working at a Best Buy, too. Well, Probably. there's two of them, and, and, and one of them has a, a significant limp. I don't know if that's uh, an actual injury or... Or he's faking it, just uh, maybe his foot fell asleep. Maybe he's Kaiser Sose. Maybe he's that too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who is Kaiser Sose? Who is Kaiser Sose? Uh, Let's see. Finding a parking uh, spot in Boston can be a challenge, but one person could have their spot secured as long as they're willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. Campion and Company has listed a single parking space in the heated garage of 201 West Brookline Street for... $375,000. For the year? Yeah, for the year. The uh, underground garage is part of a South End luxury condominium that had been converted from a church in 2018. And a South End homeowner said, that's absurd, but that's how the real estate market is around here. If you want to move your car around every other other day during the snowstorm, you don't have to for $375,000. 
I understand that's the way the housing market is right now, but this is not a house. No, it's a parking There's space. It's a parking space. Yeah. Well, you know that, uh, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, that skinny house in Boston? Yeah, I saw that just sold, too. Yeah, it sold for more than asking price, mm-hmm. which was $1.2 million. Well, a lot of houses are also selling for more than asking price. But, I know, but, but it's, again, it's a, a very skinny house. A parking space. Jeez. Uh, well, if you got the money. I guess. Also, yeah. you know, if you've ever uh, you lived in a metropolitan area, Parking is like the most important thing. No, I know. Yeah, because, I mean, otherwise you're, I mean, you're walking miles to park your car. Yep. You or just that, not having a car. You get that good spot, you don't want to move it. That's it. Could be C- there for days. Cigarette giant Philip Morris International has taken control of UK inhaler maker Victura, despite objections from healthcare charities. The producer of Marlboro and Parliament Cigarettes said in a statement on Thursday that it had secured nearly 75% of Victura's shares making it the majority shareholder. More than 45% of Victura shareholders accepted the takeover offer, and Philip Morris International purchased 29% of the company's shares on the open market. What a great way to keep yourself in business. You kill people with cigarettes, but you give them the option of the medicine that they need to breathe before they die. Yeah. Yeah. At least that way you're covering your ass. The uh, takeover boosts the tobacco company's efforts to generate more than half of its net revenue from smoke-free products such as e-cigarettes and respiratory drugs within four years, up from about a quarter today. PMI uh, currently sells cigarettes in more than 175 markets. Yes, yes, yes. We know we're selling a product that is entirely likely to kill this individual in a lung-related disease. But we are also providing the medication that that individual will need to lengthen his life and allow him to buy more cigarettes. Well, hey, that's uh, that's how we keep people moving. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't <laughs> it sounds like the American way of business to me? We're keeping uh, we're keeping heaven filled with fresh souls, and we're also making money <laughs> off yeah. the inhalers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, police uh, in England have issued a warning uh, to uh, to sh- local shops over a concerning new viral trend involving baked beans. Shops have been urged to look out for children buying large quantities of tinned goods. They're talking about cans. Cans, While yes, parents are being encouraged to check their cupboards. Those English are so pompous. It comes after beaning, a bizarre new trend taken off of TikTok. Beaning involves children smearing baked beans onto people's driveways, doors, and cars, and then, of course, filming it. Oh, Numerous boy. videos have been posted to social media with the hashtag uh, Bean Bandits. Now, uh, I would assume that a beaning doesn't really look like beans after they've been smeared, right? No, it doesn't. It looks yes. like uh, human Excrement. waste. Human duty. waste. Yeah. Looks like duty. The messy craze, which is also potentially harmful to dogs. And not real good for the beans, either has prompted West Yorkshire police to issue a warning to retailers and parents. Again, uh, yesterday we were talking about the TikTok thing with the kids stealing the soap dispensers out of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I saw another video of uh, a kid recording the principal's, one of some school, there was a principal <coughs> making an announcement, uh, basically freaking out over the whole thing, going, we're taking all of the doors off the bathrooms. Oh, now. that'll do it. No, but that's like that's and he said this is the only recourse we have. Right. Wow. Because you can't go in there and stand in the bathroom mm-hmm. waiting for people to. Yeah. That's and a, you're talking that... about taking the door off of the bathroom, not the stalls. 
Right. So right. anyone can uh, see what you're doing in there. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, I, that's 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 not a good TikTok trend. I mean, you know, you climb it up on milk crates. That makes sense. But yeah. these things don't. No. And and you know, I got to tell you, if I caught a kid doing that, if I if I caught a kid in the act of doing it, I, I don't uh, I don't know what kind of trouble I'd end up in. What the hell are you gonna do? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> really? I, like what, like what I remember you... when I was a kid, we were playing uh, football out in the street, a bunch of the kids uh, in the neighborhood. And uh, the ball at one point went into uh, one of the least uh, sociable neighbors uh, on the streets. It, the ball went into his yard and he was outside and he uh, he grabbed the ball. And uh, when one of the kids went up to retrieve it, uh, the guy got pissed and yelled something at him. I forget what it was. And basically did like a gronk spike of the ball, which then bounced up and hit the kid in the face uh, pretty hard. I mean, <laughs> this thing really bounced. My father, <coughs> excuse me, my father witnessed this and ran across the street after this guy and got all up in his face. So that's what I would do, Steve. You'd get up in his I'd face. I'd get up in this kid's face. And this kid would smack beans in your face. No, yeah. he'd already have the beans on my car. <laughs> you'd probably uh, you'd tie his hands up with your fanny pack. And by the way, my father got in the face of the adult, not the kid. Um, but oh. I, w- I would get in the face of the kid. Well, they're easier targets. Of course they are. Yeah. And they fall faster. And these parents, these parents, but, uh, but you're at the same skill level. <laughs> yeah, well. These parents didn't do anything to keep these kids from doing that in the first place. So what the hell makes you think that it's going to do any difference if you talk yeah. to the parent afterwards? Yeah, they they clearly don't know how to discipline their child. Uh, imagine you're at a friend's house and they offer op- uh, to open up a nice bottle of wine and uncork this. You can now buy rosé and wine bottles shaped like a man's penis. About time. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they're not intended for classy dinner parties. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Somebody, really? Some guy came up with the idea while talking to his buddies about how their wives have been to so many bachelorette parties with phallic straws and cups. So he's like, why don't we just make the phallic wine bottle? That's their target market is these women. Oh, there, mm-hmm. How about that? The name of the brand is uh, Genius. The wine is called Just the Tipsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why is it just like the end of a penis? Or, it's, no, it's but it's it's the the liquid comes out of the top. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's a, a cap or cork. It looks like it's corked, but it's it's penis shaped, and then it has a little nozzle at the end of it, like like a, any wine bottle would have. Sure. So it's not like it's what kind of nozzle would I mean, a wine like bottle a hand, not, like a handle? Not, no, it look like the t- the top of any wine bottle. That's what it looks like. But oh, the rest yeah. of the bottle below the neck is shaped like a penis. Hmm. I'll be damned. What do they think of next? Yeah, I know. I uh, thought I'd live to see the day. They're on sale right now for thirty three dollars a bottle at tipsybrand.com. Thirty three bucks a bottle. That better shipping. be a damn good wine. Well, again, it's a novelty, and that's why people are going to buy it. Well, is ex- it a novelty or is it a uh, luxury? A novelty. A novelty. I don't know. I don't Could know. be really good wine. It's probably Bartles and James. Yeah, it's probably crap wine served in an uh, expensive bottle. That's but that's my guess. Mister, don't judge a book by its cover. If it's thirty-three dollars for a bottle of wine, and the a bottle penis-shaped bottle. Yeah, but that doesn't make it good wine. But that's what I'm saying. You don't want a bad reputation. Of having a penis-shaped bottle 
and then people are like, yeah, but the wine's not that good. No, 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 no. This is this is world class wine in a penis shaped bottle. Listen, you- I'm not gonna order myself uh, a, a penis wine and say I'm not gonna put that stuff in my mouth because it tastes terrible. It well, leaves a bad aftertaste. You have a glass. I'm likely to spit it all out. Uh, isn't that the way uh, wine tasters uh, test it anyway? Don't they swish it around in their mouth and they then do. spit it out? But they sniff it first. Wasn't yeah. that, wasn't that a song back in the seventies? Penis-shaped wine, fruit of the vine, right? Isn't it? <laughs> no. I don't think that was it. It wasn't it? Bottle of wine. Wasn't I, it the uh, Everly yeah. Brothers who the said, that I can make you mine yeah. and taste your penis wine? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, night or day. Mm-hmm. You're a Pioneer Valley forecast today. It is going to be, and I'm sure our <laughs> guests are very excited to be here. Uh it's going to be mostly cloudy today with spots of showers, high of 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 82. It's 66 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. As a build- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 853 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. Live music is back, and some people are really taking advantage of that. The uh, One Roof Festival is uh, starting in 12 hours, 7 minutes, and exactly 14 seconds from right this very moment, according to their website. And in the studio with us right now is uh, Tara Brewster and Sarah Tanner. It's good to see both of you guys. It's nice Nice to to see you, too. Is it really starting in 12 hours? (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah, there's a countdown on their their website. I'm I'm looking at it. It's the final countdown. But it says September 18th. But they won't be there. And today's the 17th. They won't be there. Yeah, don't get excited about that. I don't think they're going to hear me. They're going to hear you. Um, so. It says it says the 17th. Uh, the, rather, the, the website said it's on the 18th, and uh, and today's the 17th. Right, but pretty soon it's going to be the 18th. It's right. It's a countdown. It's happening tomorrow. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, is, but as far as the event goes, <laughs> is it 12 hours away in 6 minutes and 27 seconds, or are we getting even closer than we were just a minute ago? It's gonna every be- second counts. Yeah, every second comes, comes down. One one p.m. on the 18th. So tell us about what this uh, this event's all about. So One Roof is a nonprofit, and it was started by Jonathan Bayek uh, from the Allergy and Immunology Associates of New England. He really has a mission and a heart's passion of homelessness and thinking about how to help the problem of homelessness. And so he's a musician, loves to get down, plays guitars and his drums. And really thought, hey, we have this amazing concert, Farm Aid, which everybody knows and loves, that helped the farmers. I want to do something to help the unhoused population in Western Mass and then take it further from there after this. So it's really ending homelessness. How yeah. do we put an end to that? Uh, and this is this is his vision. And, this of- is, and uh, the, the lineup you have is actually a pretty strong lineup for, you know, for is this your, your first festival yeah jonathan when he walks into a building there's an elevator he gets in the elevator there's no floors in between the penthouse (laughs) and the ground floor and so he's like i need to do this so i'm gonna call lit the motels eavesdrop when in rome marcy playground Playground. i mean it's like wait what (laughs) and there's how many stages there actually are three stages there's the main stage uh, that Tara just mentioned the the lineup for there, but then we'll also have a uh, two side stages. Uh, one is built around a we have a classic car show that's happening at the same time. Cool. That will have its own entertainment, uh, and then we have a full array of food trucks to make sure you don't go hungry and have your energy up. And they too will have their own music and and stage going. So what, it's full day. What time does this start? 
in 12 hours. And- <laughs> <laughs> but, but that would be 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> no, um, doors open at 11, or gates open at 11 tomorrow morning. Music will get started at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock tomorrow P- afternoon. P.M., correct. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, as far as where this money is is specifically going, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you're saying it's, you know, it's, it's going towards homelessness. Is there a specific um, service that it's going to, or has one been, you know, created? Where, where does it actually go? Sure. The, uh, again, the vision is to end homelessness and to do that by providing permanent housing for families and for individuals. The big, big vision here is that we are in a position that we can actually be building housing um, oh, for okay. people. Obviously, that's a little farther out, but we need to start creating the funds now to do that um, and build that pot of... So is it safe to say that you're looking to do this as like an annual event? Absolutely, it's safe to say that. And in fact, we're already lining up next year's event. Wow. Are we going to start uh, the countdown now? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the final countdown. Yeah, no, oh, okay, good. So, uh, so, so, so for, for next year, obviously, you, you can't uh, you know, project too much for entertainment, but... How have ticket sales gone so far for for tomorrow? Excellent. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. For a first-year event. During a pandemic? During a pandemic. Mm. um, The same weekend as the Big E. uh, I'd say we're, I mean, we've got, I'd say 1,000 tickets have been sold plus. Wow. Uh, Obviously, it's on the fairground, so there's plenty of room. I would suggest you get your tickets today. Prices are going to go up tomorrow Mm -hmm. at the door. So this is a... And it's and again, it's not located all on one roof, so it's uh, yeah, that's that's good to know, right? <laughs> or one tent for that matter, because yeah. we're on the fairgrounds, but uh, we're all under one roof, but not at <laughs> yes, yeah. And yes. and tickets are general admission thirty seven fifty, and there are also kids tickets for seven fifty. Um, so there are different price options available, and also a VIP. And are they just available on the website, or are there are other places that they can go? Well, you can get them at the gate tomorrow as well, Great. if you'd like. But now, they will be a little bit more expensive. But they're going to be a bit more gate. expensive. Again, the gates open at 11. At 11. And somehow that's 12 hours from now. Correct. I, uh, possibly the, the <laughs> countdown might be when the prices go up for you. So oh, you I might see. Wanna, okay. That's, that's, the, that's the ticker. Well, I just I just tapped on my computer yeah. screen just to make sure that yeah. you know the timing is right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. so we're getting we're getting much closer to it. I, you know, I, when, the, when the lineup came out the first time, uh, and I think we were giving away some tickets Good. for a couple of weeks, uh, I was surprised to see what <laughs> you guys had, had booked. It's like, where, how, first of all, it, it's a pretty diverse group of bands, but these are pretty big bands for mm. a first time mm-hmm. event. I mean, normally you'd get like Trailer Trash and Aquanet, and that would be con- you know, considered to be a, you know, a pretty good get, but this is, this goes well beyond that. Yeah, I think when Jonathan was considering having it at um, the Hatfield Pavilion, that would probably have been, you know, some yeah, right. that I went for. But when we went to a little bit larger, I think he he realized that we needed to step it up a bit. And Dan Prindle um, from the Prindle Music School has also been really mm-hmm. instrumental in helping um, with the coordination and, and getting some talent and stuff because he's also a promoter. So. Well, it's the uh, the One Roof Festival. The uh, the website is oneroofffestival.org. Starts in 12 hours. <laughs> 12 hours, one minute, and seven seconds. At 1 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Tara Brewster and Sarah Tanner from uh, the one, uh, one Roof Festival. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Good Just to see you. Thanks for having us. It's 8.59 on Rock 102. Save yourself 30% at the Brass Rail. The Brass Rail Meeting House, a lakeside banquet facility. Join them for their incredible Sunday brunch, butler, and chef-attended buffets as well. Quiche, French toast, omelet stations, waffle stations, carving stations, fruit, dessert, and so much more. Go to rock102.com and pick it up at the shop.